Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A BJJ, BJJ Marriage, where we talk about our lives as a married jujitsu couple. My stomach is making so many noises. Oh, really? As I was pressing play, it was like. <laughs> How's that go again? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Your song is just like, bruh. It's like the modern grudge. You know how the grudge always made that noise? Like, uh, that noise? Yeah. <laughs> I actually never watched that movie. Oh, my god. I goodness. was too young when that came out, and I was not allowed because I would have not slept. But there's no change because I still can't watch scary movies, <clears throat> and I still won't sleep if I do. Uh. Like, to this day. I still can't go to the bathroom in the middle of the night unless I've the seen lights it are always on. No, I have to turn a light on, though. Like, I can't just, like, walk in there in the dark, pee, and then go back to bed, like, type of thing. Because I watched Hide and Seek when I was, like, seven. And that was with Dakota Fanning and whoever else was in there. And it terrified me because people kept dying in the bathtub. So now every time I wake up in the middle of the night and if I have to go to the bathroom, I either hold it or I have to turn on every light in the house because it freaks me out. I don't want to see someone dead in their bathtub. Well, we can teach you some bathtub defense this week. Okay, great. <laughs> Hello, welcome. Back on topic. Welcome to another episode of BJJ Marriage with Nick and Brittany. Yes, episode 44. So we apologize that we're a week late. And thank you to everyone who was apparently concerned about us last week when we did not <laughs> uh, have one out. We've had actually quite a few people say that they were upset or disappointed or concerned that we didn't have one out because we ruined their routine. So I apologize. Sorry, sorry for disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't in the cards last weekend. No. And that's what we're going to talk about this week is yes. how busy we've been. But yeah. a good busy, fun busy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So it has been two weeks. Oh, and it's I, also Christmas this week. So early Merry <laughs> Christmas because next week it'll be past Christmas. Yes. And happy early holidays. Yes. Happy Kwanzaakonam of I forgot that big word of Christmas. Wow. Is. Well, whatever you celebrate. We're celebrating Christmas. Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. That's it. Okay. We're reindeers today, and I got my Santa hat, my Santa, uh, not hat, slippers on. <laughs> Your feet hats. My feet hat. <laughs> and then our little snow mugs, and feeling festive today. We also brought the entire pot of coffee down. <laughs> it's been like that this week. Uh-huh. But anyway. There's bells on my head, isn't there? Yeah, but they're not very loud. Only if you do that. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I think she put bells on me so she knows where I am around the house. So I don't scare her. Maybe it would get you to stop moving because you didn't want the background noise in the podcast. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> so, so, I hope you guys have had a great last two weeks because we sure have. Yes. We've been doing a whole lot of stuff. I feel like this is probably the first time that we're actually sitting down. Yeah, kind of. Outside of like sleeping. Yeah, and outside of, like, instruction on the mats. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot. So the reason we didn't get one out last week was because we were at Josh Janice's second Gentle Art Lifestyle Camp. Mm-hmm. Fire was, and Water Camp. Yeah, it was a Saturday and Sunday, and typically we record on Sundays, but yep. we were a little busy all day. And we had thought about recording earlier in the week, but we just we wanted to wait so we could talk about the camp. Right. And then we were going to do it on, like, Monday, but then stuff came up, and we just didn't have time. So, again, sorry, we're late, but here we are. We're okay. <laughs> we are. 
We're not dead. We're not dead in the bathtub. <laughs> Jeez. Well, now you're just tempting fate. Yeah. Okay. Brought it up three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was camp one of two. There's another fire and water camp coming up in February. Mm-hmm. So after this, if you like what you heard, there's plenty of spots available. But it's going to be super fun. And it was super fun. We had three amazing instructors at the camp. Uh, Josh was one of the instructors. And then the host, Jim. You can tell my coffee is not kicked in yet. Jim? The host dojo of Neutral Ground. The oh, head I thought of... you meant Jim. Like J-I-M. I was like, who's Jim? Yeah, you need more coffee too. <laughs> Did you see my face? I was like, Jim, it was John. What is You're wrong like, with you? Who's Jim? <laughs> I've never heard of Jim. Jim, G-Y-M, got it. Okay. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. The head instructor of the host Jim, <laughs> John Friedland. Mr. John Friedland. Was also an instructor, and he taught some awesome stuff that complements my game. And then we also had um, Charles Harriet come in from Florida, and he is a prolific BJJ Globetrotter instructor. Yes. And we were really upset because we really wanted to have Charles and his girlfriend, Natasha. So shout out to them. They were actually supposed to be on the podcast. We were planning to record last Sunday night after the camp because we went and hung out with them. And we decided to drink and play games instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we, we needed some relax and like decompress time because it was two days Two days of jujitsu. I think there was over like nine or ten hours of seminars, yeah. and then there was probably like four to six hours of open mat. Yeah, it was wild. It packed in two days, and besides all of the jujitsu, which we'll get into in a little bit, we also did a cold exposure Saturday night and Sunday morning. I don't know about we. I did not. Me and some other people in the camp. Yep. <laughs> um, and we had a poker tournament, which was fun. <laughs> but the cold exposure Saturday night we after all the jujitsu so we did breathing in the morning at like 8 a.m. some Wim Hof breathing and then we did jujitsu from 9 let's back up for a minute so Wim okay. Hof breathing uh if you don't know what that is you should look it up because I honestly thought it was really weird woo woo yeah a little crazy little hippie a little too hippie for me but uh, I did it at the last camp that we were at in August, and I thought that it was pretty relaxing, and I felt a little silly doing it, but honestly, the effects that you get and the benefits that come after it are pretty cool. Oh, I was just doing it. Yeah, I realized. Uh, so it's basically belly breathing, for lack of words, just because you, I don't want to go through it like Nick just did. <laughs> but Josh basically like times you for, what, two, three minutes or so? And you're just supposed to be doing, like, these big inhales and exhales. And you really have to, like, expand your stomach. And then when you breathe in, you're supposed to, like, really breathe out and just really be in tune with your body. And then after, I don't know, however long the timer is, he stops it. And then you're supposed to hold your breath after about 30 breaths, like 30 Wim Hof breathing breaths. And then you're supposed to hold it Mm -hmm. for as long as you can. And it was a cool exercise because what we did was we started it just like normal breathing, just how you would when you're having an everyday conversation. And then he wants you to just hold your breath and see how long you can do it. On average, it was between like 15 and 45 seconds for people. Mm-hmm. And then we did the Wim Hof breathing and we did three rounds of it. And the first round, 
after holding her breath for however long it was, he said that the shortest time was 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that was the longest time before doing the breathing. And then it just kind of expanded from there. Like, I know Natasha was like two minutes and 10 seconds at the the end of the third round. I think Nick was about two minutes. He was like a minute and 55 seconds or something. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that you can see the improvement of that. And Mm -hmm. it may sound a little weird to just want to figure out how long you can hold your breath for like a five-year-old underwater (laughs) but but it's supposed to be all about like finding that peace in your body and like relaxing and so I know what I like to think about when I'm trying to hold my breath is actually being on a wave and relaxing in the water and that's how I feel of it yeah what do you think about when you're holding your breath yeah so Wim Hof breathing I've been doing it for a while it's a meditative practice for me and I used to meditate a lot just regularly and watching my breath while I meditate, but Wim Hof meditation, I find is way more beneficial, and I feel like it does a lot more for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was right. You typically take 30 to 45 deep belly breaths, and it's not exhaling hard, but it's definitely inhaling hard. You just exhale with, without pushing any air out. But then you're able to hyperoxygenate your body, and that's what allows you to hold your breath until you need to expel CO2, which is what we do whenever we breathe. We bring in oxygen, but the main part is expelling the CO2, which is bad for us. Mm-hmm. I think Josh also describes it, too, as like using what's available to us. If the oxygen is here, we should take more advantage of it type of thing. It's kind of like how that Costa Rica episode was yesterday. Take advantage of what, you're, what you have. Surrounding. Oh, sure, yeah. But um, the breathing for me, I find it's really peaceful when you're doing the breath hold and you meditate for that two minutes or however long you hold your breath. And when you do that with cold exposure, there's like it's a heightened level of meditation, which is uh, super fun. But the breathing helps you get through cold exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the actual breathing part is not as relaxing just because you are trying to like focus on the deep breaths and I know another thing that I personally do because I don't have very much experience with it is I put my phone on my belly so that I could actually feel the like my stomach rising when I was taking my breaths without it having falling off and that's something that Megan Wagner told me to do she thought it would help Hmm. so I don't know I just feel like the actual breathing itself is not fantastic (laughs) <laughs> but the holding your breath is actually very calming and relaxing. And I really did enjoy that. The breathing is super powerful because you learn how to take deep breaths with your belly, which is super beneficial for jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of times where people in jiu-jitsu, you can hear them when they're like, <laughs> and they're trying to go for stuff. But if you can just take like deep inhales, like, and not need to continue breathing because you're hyper-oxygenated while you're doing jiu-jitsu, it makes you, it gives you an extra edge in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He just made me do it yesterday, too, because we had yep. just finished open mat. I was soaking wet in sweat, and I was, it was just gross. And we got in the car, and it's freaking 30 degrees in Wisconsin, and so I'm just, like, hyperventilating because I'm so freaking cold in the car. And Nick was like, deep breath, belly breath, it went off. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I felt better after, like, five. Yeah. And she was like, oh. <laughs> I saw it in her face. So it does help. Yeah. But it's also a good way for people that have high anxiety or uh, people that are stressed out or if you're tired and you need to do something to wake up real quick. Mm -hmm. If you're able to use this Wim Hof breathing method, 
it actually helps you put your body in a mode where you're in control versus the other way where your body wants to take control of you and tell you what to do. But no, I am my body's bitch. I'm in control. I breathe when I want to breathe. Wow. Stay hard. Well then. (laughs) You don't know who David Goggins is. Well, okay. So <laughs> that was Saturday morning at eight a.m. at Nutra Ground Bayview. So yeah. Shout out Nutra Ground. Thank you for letting us uh, have the camp there and hosting John, Mr. John Friedland, Mr. Jim, apparently. <laughs> Mr. Jim John. <laughs> John at the gym. Yeah, but so that was eight a.m. and then seminars started right at nine, actually. And so oh, the yeah. way we did it was we had two seminars. No, did they do all three? No, first day was two seminars and lunch. Okay, yeah, so there's two hour and a half seminars, so it was three hours of BJJ, and mm-hmm. then we got lunch, which was included, so they made, they got a bunch of stuff to make your own subs, which was a very healthy, light lunch, filled with stuff on protein and carbs, which is exactly what jiu-jitsu practitioners probably need in the middle of all of that, but, mm. so the first seminar that we did was actually led by Charles Harriet, and he really more so talk concepts of chokes and what chokes are doing to the body when it's happening and how like i mean sorry if you just are starting and i'm about to offend you but like you know how like when you are brand new to jujitsu and you think that you need a choke and then you just get there and you use all of your strength and most of the time you're using the blade of your hand instead of like the elbow pad and you're just making it super uncomfortable for them and you're breaking their trachea and like you're just like i need to be so strong and i need to get this choke and he -hmm. was basically telling us like this is how you do a proper choke and it really takes absolutely no physical effort if you do it right yeah i used his choke theory this week i had a choke in and it wasn't perfect because nothing's ever perfect in jiu-jitsu but most of the times the way people recover or escape is when you try to readjust your choke but the choke theory seminar we went to was like no if you got a good choke and you know it's like somewhat there as long as you hold it for like 30 seconds they're gonna tap Mm -hmm. and like this week i was in a choke it wasn't perfect like i said but i was like i'm not gonna adjust no, I was hold, uh, holding okay. someone in one. Had someone in a, a strangle, I should say. And I was like, no, I'm just going to ride this out and see what it's like. And then after like 10 seconds, then they're like, okay, I need a tap. <laughs> and, I, and they were like, I was waiting for you to adjust. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the way he explained it was basically doing a rear naked choke, but he wanted to explain it as like doing the Macarena so that you would do it in steps. So you literally were behind their back, and then you would put your arm out in front of their shoulder, and then the other arm in front of the shoulder, and then you would do the Macarena, open up your palm, open up your palm, and then you're going to take your palm and bring it to your shoulder, which now their neck should be in between your elbow pit and your forearm, and then your your chest should be on their back. And then with the other arm, what were we doing with this one? It just comes here. Yeah, you just... So a lot of people, like, you grab the bicep, you put the hand behind the head, and then you squeeze your elbows, right? But this one was just, you're on your shoulder, and then you take that other palm from the Macarena, and then you just kind of almost go yeah, into put it on a your other shoulder. position. Put it behind the head and just... Yep. And you don't even squeeze. You just hold it there. Because what's happening is the same concept of a rear naked choke, where your bicep is in one of their arteries, and then your forearm is in the other. But without squeezing, you're still compressing on their breathing, and their arteries, and their airways, and all of that. 
And he was explaining it as like the length of the size of a straw. And that's a pretty small airway to have to close. So just with no pressure, if you just hold it there long enough, they really do start turning a different color. Yeah. Even though you're not putting any pressure on. So the size of the straw is, she's talking about arteries, not airway. And all, all you need to do, you can literally choke yourself out by putting your fingers into your arteries mm-hmm. and just holding it there. And you hear my voice is changing. And I'm probably going to pass out if I don't move my fingers. Mm-hmm. Even if I hold it here just for a little bit. But my face is probably starting to change color. I can feel it a little bit. But I'm not going to do that <laughs> anymore. <clears throat> but that's what he was explaining. He was just He went through the five types of chokes that there are to... Mm-hmm. Like the basic uh, rear naked choke where you're blocking both of their arteries. And then you got the trachea, the, crush. The trachea crush, the muscle, and then um, you remember, don't you? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's arteries, trachea Armin. crush. No, that's a strangle also. Is it? I thought yeah. he explained that it's different. No, that's not different. Okay. So there's the uh, strangle, the trachea crush, which is like your short choke, typical one. Um... Then, like she said, the physical muffle. Then there's a neck crank. Mm, yep. And then there's the last one, which has been done to me, and I'll never live it down because her dad did it to me <laughs> from side control. Oh, yeah. That's but right. it's where you compress their diaphragm and their lungs, and when they breathe out, you compress it more, and then they try to breathe in, but they physically can't anymore. And I don't remember exactly what he called it. I don't remember what he called it either, but if you can't picture it, it's... I think he did it from, like, crucifix position. Yeah. And then you just kind of keep compressing into them and squeezing their, like, knees to their head. And, like, you just keep cradling them while you're in crucifix and just yeah. making their life miserable. But, yeah, basically you make it physically impossible for their diaphragm to um, contract more. Yeah. So that, so that their lungs cannot fill up with air. Right. And then they they really start to panic and tap before they ever pass out. It's supposed to be very <laughs> painful. And it was apparently yes, it painful enough. I've not experienced this, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, he, Charles, didn't even want to use Natasha, his girlfriend, as an okie for that one. He used her for the <laughs> other four, but he was like, I won't even use her for this one. So who wants to be in pain? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people volunteered, actually. Yeah, there was this blue belt like, oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that used to be me. Blue belts. <laughs> yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> Dang blue belts. But yeah, so that was Charles's very first seminar that he did that day and his first seminar at the camp. So it was very fun and a good way to like kind of dip your toes in and get ready for the rest of the day. Cause then when mm-hmm. Josh taught, he went on about wrist locks and ankle locks. Yes. That was his seminar for the day. Yeah. And it was good. Obviously like any black belt seminar was fantastic. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a concept I've been playing with a lot too, but he showed a couple specific wrist lock and mm-hmm. toe hold setups. But he basically, the gist of the seminar was, if you can play with the wrist and ankle, you're going to open up a lot more options for yourself. Because if they don't respect the wrist lock, if they don't respect the ankle lock, they're just going to tap there. (laughs) So, yeah, you need to respect the wrist locks and the ankle locks and not just ignore them Mm -hmm. because they will indefinitely open up more avenues for you in your jiu-jitsu. Yes, and he actually taught, so I've never been a wrist locker or even an ankle locker. I just started playing with foot stuff when I was like a four-stripe white belt because I knew that if I wanted to compete as a white belt again, I would get in trouble for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really want to play with it until I got closer to blue. 
And I would say within the last like three months, I've been playing with foot stuff and ankle stuff a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited because I actually got quite a few wrist locks and uh, leg locks this week. Yeah, me too. People. <laughs> and I would say one of them was actually from Josh's seminar. And I was like, whoa, I actually remember this stuff. That's kind of cool. I remember it was funny because it was open mat after Josh's seminar. And he taught a specific wrist lock. And I did it in front of him. And he was like, move of the day. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the blue belt I was with, I was like, oh, my God, how did I let that happen? Yep. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> they come on super quick, though. Like you. That's what she said. Oh, my goodness. They slap on. Like, you, if you see a wrist lock and you can see, you can get it right away, it's it's a quick tap. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So I the tap that I did get with the wrist lock this week, I actually... Like, it was my first time doing a wrist lock, I think, like, in an actual live roll. Mm. And I made really? sure to go very slow with it. Yeah. I wow. told you I never played with it up until very recently. How could you not? But now They're still fun. I've done, like, three wrist locks this week since then. Yeah. It was funny. We were also He was also explaining in the seminar how people will often refer to wrist locks and heel hooks and toe holds as prison rules. Yeah. And it was super funny because I was doing it. After his seminar, and literally the same thing happened to me where they were like, wow, you're using prison rules. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. <laughs> well, he also said, too, like, I don't know why they're so frowned upon. Like, they're still part of your body and a tap is a tap. <laughs> it's not like yes. you're, I mean, I don't understand why it's so frowned upon because I feel like a wrist lock is no different than an arm bar. It's just a different joint. So, like, why it's, is it right. so frowned upon? Yeah, it's because people don't want to tap and if you get caught in a good toe hold or wrist lock you have to tap very quickly or otherwise you're going to get hurt yeah i don't know what word just came out of the mouth but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah people don't want to tap but they also don't want to get hurt and they think you're just trying to hurt them at that point because their ego in the way right josh was more trying to like he said teach us that if they don't if you can't get the wrist lock or the ankle lock it's fine it's mostly just going to make them move and transition which will open up other opportunities for you yeah so that was cool that was a cool takeaway mm-hmm. uh, but then we had lunch we had subs and then we learned from mr john friedland we learned float passing yep and that was super that cool. was so fun yep i'm not good at that it can't was do it yet. great <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying all week and it is not pretty it plays in really well with my game because I do a lot of standing guard passes to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of like crossing their body and sliding down their guard into a guard pass. Mm-hmm. But also helps teach like the baseball slide guard pass and it helps teach stepping through and around people's guards, mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people lack those skills in jiu-jitsu. Most people pass guard, at least from my experience, at our gym. Most people always pass guard from their knees. They never stand up and back out. And they just try to pressure pass. I always stand up. I have been standing up in people's guard 75% of the time. Because I'm trying to pass it that way. And I'm trying to learn new ways. So, like I said, I've been trying John Friedland's floating passes. And they're not mm-hmm. pretty. I did do it once this week. But it was mm-hmm. not pretty. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. I love that type of jiu-jitsu also yeah but basically it was just like i'm gonna pass you this way just kidding i'm in the air and now i'm on the other side of you like that's mm-hmm. that's the summary of john friedland's jiu-jitsu yes and then he taught another way that's really helpful for scrambles 
but yeah. kind of when you kind of both lay, land on your side and you're kind of facing each other, then that battle where you're both trying to get to mount mm-hmm. or both trying to get on top, um, where if you bring your outside leg of that exchange, typically that's going to get stuffed and you're going to get and rolled back to your back. Yeah. Right. But if you bring, he taught us a way to bring the near side leg in that exchange to kind of use it as a frame and a hook. He called it a grappling hook. So that when they start to feel it, they kind of pull you over on top. And you land more inside control instead of mount, but it's still way better than not having control and being on your back. Yeah, Dave was really excited about that one because he said that he, him and Rob used to get in that position a lot. Mm, like when they yep. would be doing that uh, fight battle. You know how Rob always did that where he just laid on his back. But because uh, I told Dave, I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like I get shoulder to shoulder with people on my back very much. And he's like, oh, I do. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'll use this all the time. Yeah, I I get there a lot also. It happens a lot more in scrambling, like I said. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when you did half a sweep and uh, the sweep didn't finish, but they're not on their back and you're not on top yet. You're in that position. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was day one of jujitsu. Yeah, but I had to leave that seminar a little bit early. I didn't see the end of it. Because I had to go start building a bonfire for a cold exposure. Yeah. Mind you, it's uh, Wisconsin in December. Yeah, but I was all fired up from jiu-jitsu, so I never took my sandals off when I was out there building the fire, which I now regret. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I built a damn good fire out there in an hour. Mm-hmm. It was a huge fire pit. Like, I would say it was probably the size of maybe, like, these four mats like two, uh, two red and two blue all together, maybe a little bit smaller, but it was roughly that size. Yeah. And so what he did was he built four mini fires <laughs> inside of it so that it would all build up into one. Yeah. Instead of trying to build one fire and then try to like build it out, build it out, build it out, because that takes like a lot of time. I built four log cabin pyramid fires and then um, joined them once they were going. Yeah. Because I only had 45 minutes to get the fire going and I needed it big enough. So that when we go into Lake Michigan and come back, people could dry off and warm up. <laughs> yeah, because that was the plan, was they were going to do... So have you ever heard of a cold tub? Have you ever tried a cold tub? Or an ice okay. bath. Now have you ever jumped into a lake that's like 10 degrees? <laughs> yeah, like a freezing cold lake? Yeah. <laughs> that did not sound fun to me. It did not sound appealing at all, so I did not do it. Were you cold by the fire? Yes. Or were you warm? No, I was cold. Dang. I didn't make it well enough. I mean... My my thighs were warm because that's where it was. Yeah. But everything else was cold. Like, I had to keep rotating. I felt like a rotisserie chicken yeah. just rotating on the fire so that I could get my thigh warm. The thing that was also difficult is that there was no chairs. Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere to sit by the fire. Mm-hmm. It was only standing room only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you were also cold because you needed to make space for the people going in the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a big fire. It was big enough for us to throw a pallet on. At the the middle to end yeah. of the fire, which was fun. Honestly, I wasn't that cold, though, because even after everyone went inside, Megan and I still hung out for like a half hour by it. So yes. it was fine. Yes. But yeah, this was the hardest part of the camp for me, for sure. Um, not building the fire, but going into Lake Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say like probably 10, maybe 15-ish people went and decided that they were going to do their Wim Hof breathing. They all got in their bathing suits. They sat by the fire shirtless with just... Uh, we didn't just decide. It was it was programmed into the camp. This is one of the events. Yeah. And the people... We knew that, like, the core of us, like, Josh, me, John, Charles, 
we're all going to do it. And like anybody else was a bonus, basically. <laughs> but there was a lot of people that did join us. I was not one. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so it was kind of cool. I got a couple of pictures of them just like around the fire, shirtless, in I think it was probably 25 degrees at this point in the air. So you can only imagine how cold that water was. Um, but yeah, so they all were wearing water shoes for the most part. Not everybody, though. Some people did not bring anything for their feet. Yeah, that was not smart. But then we went into, well, I took videos of people going into the lake. But you can't really see them because it was dark out. I thought mm. the moon was going to be able to do a little bit of reflection. Which I got some. <laughs> well, I got some with flash of pictures. But yeah. for a video, you can't see anything. You can just hear a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but they got in, and then they would like you explain your experience. I didn't go in, right? So the goal was to only be in the lake for a minute, and then they were going to call us back. Uh, mind you, <clears throat> it was very windy, and there was a lot of waves, mm-hmm. like big waves, <laughs> like maybe like three three foot waves, yeah, at least. And so we also the fire is about like a hundred hundred fifty feet away from the lake, so we have to like march. To the lake. <laughs> and I think we only let like five of us go at a time so that we didn't like lose people in the lake, which was the best thing we did that day. But yeah, so then we start marching over there and I didn't get to do my proper breathing either because I let everybody else get close to the fire and the only open spot next to the fire was the spot where all the smoke was going. So I took a deep breath. I was like, and I was like, because <gasps> I just inhaled all the fire smoke and yeah. I was like, Oh god! And then uh, everybody started marching. And I was like, "Well, I'm going in now. I don't get to do my breathing." And but then you came out and you were so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was just trying not to die. So, anyways, <laughs> going in the lake was crazy. Um, I was wearing water shoes, so that helped me. But my feet instantly turned numb once I stepped into the lake. And then, like I said, the waves are high, so the waves. Like, in order to walk into the lake, I had to walk, like, I don't know, 30, 35 steps to get, like, to above my knees in water. And then at that point, I tried to sit down so I could, like, submerge myself in the freezing cold lake. Whereas, like, a cold tub, you kind of already get in near your thigh length. And right. you can just, like, sink in. Yeah, you just step into it and sit down, and then it's up to your chest. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the lake, I was trying to get up to my chest, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is... This is not working, so I tried to get out there. And I mean, even in summer, you guys know how hard it is to get into the lake when it's even 90 degrees out and you get in the water and you're like, holy crap, this is cold. Yeah. And, and then you don't like, want to get in. And it's sunny and you can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was pitch black. All there was was moonlight. Well, like even in a pool for me, we were just in Vegas in November and I still was having issues getting Like a up 60 to degree like, pool. <laughs> yeah, like up to my belly button. I was like, I don't want to get my stomach wet. <sighs> and I always have to do like heavy breathing and then I have to splash water on my stomach because otherwise I get, ooh, I just won't do it. I'm a little. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I finally sat down in the lake. And um, I got the mm-hmm. water to just about chest level. I know it was over my elbows for sure. And I was trying to be as small as possible and just do some breathing. But the waves were coming in. And so they were splashing up over my shoulders. And then it was like heavy waves. So it would splash up on you and then pull you out. <laughs> so it was very dangerous for us because <clears throat> if somebody could have easily been pulled out to the lake. And that would have been terrible. But that didn't happen. So we don't have to worry about that. Um. 
but yeah we all agreed at the end like that was not very smart <laughs> yeah we might not do it in february just because of that <laughs> we might change it up a little bit yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens but i did have this awesome moment of peace when i was in the water and i was doing my breathing and the waves pulled me out so i was facing just the horizon of the dark water over the moonlit sky which is already hard to differentiate but you can see like almost the black water versus almost the navy blue moonlit sky um comparatively and the moon was just shining and i saw the reflection on the water and the moon and i just had this awesome moment of clarity and um peace and reflection that i'll probably remember for the rest of my life mm -hmm. and then at that moment i was like okay i need to get out <laughs> go to the fire <laughs> um but after that i had that moment and then i was like okay it's time to go and then i stood up and i was like holy shit i cannot feel my feet Straight up. Like he was wondering if his feet were still attached. <laughs> yeah. And uh I heard that was common, but it seemed like Nick had it the worst. <laughs> yes, and that's why I said earlier when I was building the fire, I was still in my sandals. Which was the bad idea. I should have definitely worn shoes, at least. <laughs> like covered my toes. But I was still wearing sandals for some reason. So yeah. And then I even told you, I was like, you should really put your swim shoes on and you're like, it's not gonna make a difference. I'm like, your toes are covered in your swim shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like yeah you're right <laughs> but yeah my toes are cold just thinking about it but yeah then i came back to the fire and um dried off and just tried to take in the the moment which was also another cool feeling just being by the fire and knowing what i did and warming up and taking in that moment yeah but yeah my toes were dead and then um the second wave went through and then we were all dried off and uh everybody survived which was great and then someone at the bar, because we were at a yacht club, someone at the bar thought we were absolutely insane, which, yes, we probably are absolutely insane. And then he bought us bottles of liquor to warm ourselves up <laughs> with. Um, so they were pouring shots, and, like, they handed me a shot glass before they everybody was ready to take a shot, and I was holding it. But I was so cold that you can't see me on camera if you're listening, but I was, like, shaking, trying to hold the shot and like waiting to take it and the licenses for the bar also didn't allow shots inside the bar so we can only pour it outside and this was also not by the fire and i was spilling my shot waiting to take it just like <laughs> <laughs> can we cheers now hurry up come on guys <laughs> it was it was the coldest i've ever been in my life and i physically couldn't stop shaking i was looking at my hand like wow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then we were inside the yacht club for the rest of the night and hung out. He did a yes. poker tournament with the majority of the people who were there. Yeah, there was like 10 people did the free poker tournament for um, jujitsu instructionals and a private lesson with the instructor, Charles. And it was a, the wildest game of poker I've ever played in my life. She didn't watch at all. She was hanging out with some other people, just talking or whatever they were doing, girl we were stuff. sitting on a couch with blankets and chilling. Yeah, it sounds like girl <laughs> stuff to me. <laughs> But yeah, the poker tournament, half the people uh, had never played poker before. A couple people were very intoxicated. And there's a couple of us that knew what the hell was going on and knew how terrible everything was going <laughs> for poker-wise. But it still ended up being very memorable, very fun. And I ended up winning the tournament and getting my pick of instructionals or private lessons. So I get to redeem my private lessons sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So we thought about doing it Sunday night, too. But, again, we were just tired. Yeah, we didn't so, want to do more. So that, that was Saturday. 
that's how long Saturday was. And also, then... <laughs> I felt bad because there was pictures on the wall. Oh my god, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Oh, sorry, never mind. Oh my, I goodness. won't bring it up. You want to tell us? You're drunk ass. <laughs> He had all these shots, and he was frozen, and he probably couldn't feel his feet. So he like what stumbled over, and I don't no, know that's not just, what happened. Okay, whatever. And all you no. just hear is this big like crash, and everyone looks, and Nick had knocked down a picture on the wall and broke the glass everywhere. What and happened? Megan looked at me, and Megan was like, <laughs> "Oh man." What had happened was I was walking <laughs> like normal, not stumbling, and there was all these pictures on the wall. And they were like not the employees of the yacht club or something. I don't know members of the yacht club. Yeah, but um, I was looking at them because there was a little ledge that they were just sitting on, and I was like, "Are these pictures attached to the wall at all?" And I picked it up, and it was not. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I put it back. Okay, I put it back, and then I turned around to go sit down, and then all of a sudden, just crashed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Why are you touching things? Why not? It's not yours. I touch anything. You're not supposed to touch things that aren't yours. I'll bite you. Stop. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. That was interesting. So Saturday, it was a long day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then on Sunday morning, Josh wanted to do another cold exposure. Yes. It's supposed to be in the lake again. Yep. So I went to the spot. <laughs> I was going to build a fire on the beach. At 5 a.m. Yes, so I went there, I got there on time, and um, they were going to attack me, the people on the beach, and I was scared, so we made an audible. Oh my god, he thought he saw patrol boats, so he called it off, and they ended up going to Josh's condo instead. Yeah, it, it just didn't feel right, I don't know, maybe then, they were just fishers, they yeah, probably Josh weren't Yeah, Josh was like, like... There's, there were fishing boats, Nick, and Nick was like, <laughs> I got scared! <laughs> I wasn't there. Again, I don't do cold exposure. I don't care about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. There's, It's like, you're not supposed to, I don't know if you're supposed to do fires on the beach or not, but, you know, I'm going to learn something from this experience. <laughs> well, then they went to Josh's house, and then they did the cold tub and hot tub. Which was, which was way nicer. Yeah. I didn't do that on purpose or anything. <laughs> and then they went out to breakfast as a group. Yes. And watched John have a bunch of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For breakfast. That's cool. <laughs> that was YOLO. Fun. Yep. Uh, but then we had another jujitsu seminar, and this time they went opposite direction. So John taught first on Sunday, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And he went over a whole bunch of stuff, actually. He went over um, spooling? Yeah. Yeah, we did like. So it was like, I think it was called Spool and Weave. And it was all just like learning how to manipulate yourself and put yourself in like shorter positions so it doesn't take as long to do stuff. Like that's basically how it went because there was a takedown that I just absolutely loved and it was done completely opposite direction of what I was used to doing. Yeah. But it works phenomenally and I'm super excited about it. Yeah. He was more so talking about how to um, get a good grip of your opponent and kind of wrap them up into your momentum and sweep them. Mm-hmm. Or take them down or reverse the position. Basically, if you can think of, maybe fluid's the only thing that causes this, but like, think of the fat man rule. That's pretty common, I think. It's called fat man rule everywhere? Yeah. Okay, so think of the fat man rule. It's basically that from like every position. 
Yes. That's how he was teaching, like yeah, how he... to get a good grip on the arm in order to dump them off of you. Yeah, but he also taught the concept from like De La Hiva mm-hmm. and um, a judo throw. Yep. And a butterfly. Yep. Yep. Yes. Butterfly, standing, turtle, guard, mm-hmm. all these things. Like it was, it was just a very cool seminar. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, that was fun. I've been using that concept a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been having fun with it. Yep. And then Josh taught descent defensive jujitsu, mm-hmm. which was super fun. He taught the stuff from Preet Mickelson. Yep. I believe. And he learned all of that when he was in Estonia. Mm-hmm. Or just Europe in general for the Globe Trotters. Apparently, it's not really popular in the Americas yet, but it's coming over. Yeah, but I've been annoying the shit out of everybody this week. I guarantee it. Same. <laughs> We've been learning some really cool stuff and been using it in our live rolling this week. Yeah, so we learned um, the different turtle, and then the running man, the stick, the the panda, and the hawking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And then, it's really funny because we were learning that, and then one of our instructors, Mike Coy, he's been on the podcast before, he messaged me, told me about all about how he's been using Pritt's defensive BJJ. Before he even knew we were doing it. Right, and I was like, oh my god, I just learned a seminar on this. And then Tuesday, we played around with it with each other, which sounds weird. <laughs> and then Thursday, he had me teach it. <laughs> really? Yeah. He wasn't there, though. Why are you teaching that stuff? We have well, to use it first before we can teach it. That's not the first time I've been exposed to it. I've been using Panda for a while, but I just got a bunch more details mm. this weekend. Interesting. Yeah, but all I did was teach the, the turtle and the panda. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was Josh's <laughs> seminar. It was super cool. I'm using that stuff probably the most out of everything that we learned. So, yeah. thanks, Josh. And yeah, super fun. Then Charles did end up teaching a third seminar right away. So, like, there was... Yes, three in a row. Three hour and a half seminars in a row. That is four and a half hours of jujitsu straight. So, uh, I didn't do that one. (laughs) (laughs) I did it for the first, like, 20 minutes. And then I was like, I cannot anymore. And also, (laughs) the sun was beating in so much at that point that we were directly in the sun through the windows. And I was sweating. So much without even mm-hmm. doing anything. So it felt like it was just rough. It was a rough morning. So I was like, I it need felt to like sit the masks were lava if they were in the sun. Yeah. It was weird. I was just done. I was pooped. I was tired. <laughs> I just wanted to lay down. But I was still like super engaged on what Charles was trying to teach. So mm-hmm. I still sat in the back with my notebook open and took notes. Yeah. What did he teach? BJJ Hex? Yeah. Yes. Just a bunch of random little things that make your jujitsu better. Yeah, but he feeded it into everything that had already been taught over the seminar. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because the stuff that was taught earlier, all the instructors were able to incorporate it and connect it to the things that they were teaching, mm-hmm. which was really cool to see because typically seminars are just like, you know, this here or this here, or you can use this position or this submission is done from here or there. But they really weaved it in together because they all watched each other's seminar. And it was like, then this leads into what they taught. Mm-hmm. And like bridge the gap of everything. It's a really good way to retain everything too. Right. Especially for like the people who maybe aren't as experienced with maybe just jujitsu or seminars or whatever it is. But if you have trouble retaining things a while later after you've seen something. Like nine is... hours of seminars? Yeah. 
So this was a really good way to weave it all together and make it so that people could retain it because there were quite a few white belts there. I mean, I mm-hmm. still have trouble retaining things that I've seen in the past. So that was good for me to keep drilling and keep uh, seeing in different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But it was super fun. And then we had pizza. Yes. Good pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hung out, did open mat for a little bit. Because, you know, we didn't do enough jujitsu for the whole weekend. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to get some rolls in, but there wasn't that many people rolling for some well, everyone reason. was done. <laughs> everyone was pooped. I was not pooped. But I was I, ready. I got to roll with all the girls, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. Very fun. And I almost got heel hooked by a white belt over and over. <laughs> Shout out Natasha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natasha's been traveling with Charles, who is a fantastic leg locker, and most of the time teaches a leg lock seminar with her as the Uki. Yeah. So she is lots of exposure. great at leg locks. And like she would get a hold of my leg and I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately. Typically when people grab my leg, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll figure this out. I did that running away from Denise yesterday. She yeah. grabbed my leg and I started, I just turned around. And I started running away and she was like, what the hell? <laughs> it works so well, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. I was like, Nick, tell me that. <laughs> I use that. So sidetrack here, but. I used that move that you're talking about where you kind of roll to your belly and like crawl away. Yeah. Right? I used that as a warm-up for Tuesday or Thursday morning Okay. for the morning class. And I was like, this seems weird, but it's going to open up your hips and it's something that you can use more in your jiu-jitsu as you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And they were like all weird about it. And then I showed them the application of it to just like crawl away from people when they're trying to hold you down. And they're like, mm. wow. <laughs> Surprisingly effective. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, Natasha has great, great leg lock game that I had to respect. Otherwise, my knees were going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> so that was super fun. Yeah. Uh, fun but, but yeah, there's lots of good rolls out there. A lot of brown belts, uh, some fun blue belts. Uh, Charles whooped my ass. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's good. But I also wasn't trying to roll really hard because I knew that a lot of people were uh, tired as shit. And I wasn't trying to be like that aggressive purple belt that was out to kill people. <laughs> so I was rolling like a bit more flowy, but uh, but also like you know not gritty as possible to not tap to anything. Right. Yeah, it was fun. And we had really good pizza. And oh yeah, we had toppers. Yeah. Mm. And we hung out and we were talking about recording this podcast episode forty four, <laughs> and we had all these plans and we're like we're gonna do this and that and then we're gonna record and then we. So we hung out with Josh, Megan, and then Charles and Natasha, and it was just the six of us. And yeah, we did not pull out a camera. We pulled out a game instead, and yes. that was much and I drew some dicks. needed. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I drew... Oh, I did draw some dicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also got in... What was it? An albino uh, Grim Reaper. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> an albino Grim Reaper. <laughs> a hairy ass... Popped up. It was a lot of crazy shit. We were drawing and telestrations. We were playing telestrations after dark. So the adult version of telestrations. If you've never played it, it's very fun. You should definitely play it. Yes. It is the only game that we have that can consistently make me laugh. Because it's never, like, you never know what's going to happen. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. Our dog is whining. Apparently we've been doing this too long. It hasn't even been an hour. I don't know how long it's been. I lost track of time. But anyways, um, yeah, so that was last weekend, and typically we record on Sunday mornings, Yeah. but uh, our Sunday morning was occupied by me 
getting, getting spooked, spooked by, some, by patrol some boats. boats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're they're running up and down the beach. They're gonna they're gonna find me and take me. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a really fun week putting all of our fire and water camp techniques. Skills. Yeah. Techniques to the test. Mm-hmm. And using it throughout our live roles. And it was really cool, especially for me on Tuesday, because Tuesdays is a women's only class. And oh, typically, yeah. like, it's mostly pretty new women, which is fantastic and it's super fun. But that's, like, the perfect time to, like, start using things that you're not used to. Yes. Whereas Nick likes to call it your B game that he gets a lot of shit about. Yeah. But I was definitely using that on them just to see, like, how it would work and how they would react to it. Because, obviously, if I do it to people like Nick, it's just going to get turned down. So Turned down for what? <laughs> So I was able to practice almost every move that I learned from Josh's print seminar. Yes, on all the Tuesday, positions, which is very fun. And then Nick is not in that class because he's a male. And I came home. I get and... kicked out every week, and it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but I came home and I was just like, Nick, oh my god, I did all these things, and I was so excited about it. And it was funny because Ellie was watching, and she she's the purple belt at our gym, and she was just kind of like walking around and doing laps and things, and she wasn't rolling, and she was telling everyone, she's like, Brittany's doing some shit. <laughs> Brittany's doing that again. Don't get there. Brittany's trying that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I've been using the stick on so many people, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look like an idiot." But I don't know what to. to stop. I can't stop it. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's been very fun. It was a fun week of rolling, and we did a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of rolling this week. Um, so for me, I had a good week because I got to teach a couple classes. Uh, Mike needed a sub on Thursday morning, and I taught Thursday morning class. But it was also weird because we had a windstorm mm. Wednesday night. And so on Thursday, uh, the building didn't have full power yet. So there was only a couple lights on. Uh, the emergency lights were buzzing. The heat wasn't working. It was 58 degrees in our gym, <laughs> and the math were freezing. And uh, I still taught class, like, basically in the dark. <laughs> That was in the morning when we were like, maybe it'll work later on in the night. And then we came back for night class. I was also teaching because our instructor was in Costa Rica giving kids soccer balls. It was very nice of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our instructor, our dad, whoever you want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was an awesome thing he was doing. Uh, he so. raised a lot of money through donations, and then he was able to buy a bunch of soccer balls. And then he went to Costa Rica and delivered a brand new soccer ball personally to kids at schools in Costa Rica who Mm -hmm. couldn't afford them. And the balls that they were using were, they were just gross. They were They were, yeah, like tattered. They had no covering anymore. They were just like... Gray sloppy. It was gray slop. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So now they have these bright, colorful, inflated balls, and they apparently, like, scream for joy, and they were super excited about it, and it was really Mm -hmm. cool, but he was gone all week. Yes. So we had guest instructors all week. From our gym, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Learned a bunch of awesome stuff from a bunch of awesome people this week. Anyways, I got to teach Thursday beginner class, which was a bunch of guard passing, mm-hmm. which I had a great time teaching guard passes. Uh, but it felt like I was a substitute teacher class. Yeah. <laughs> and all the blues and purples were just being like rambunctious teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, circle up! <laughs> it's time to do up techniques! Oh, uh, that's funny. I appreciate that. Yeah, they didn't want to listen. Yeah. But then we also had some special guests come and join us for Saturday Open Mat, which is always Wait, awesome. Wait, but you forgot about Friday. What happened on Friday? 
We had a Christmas open sweater or ugly sweater open mat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we had a nogi ugly sweater open mat, and I dressed up in these full um, holiday pattern pajamas from hideous. head to toe. They were hideous. They were awful. I was a red belt that day because it had a red <laughs> a red tie, and I put it on. I was like, I'm a red belt. <laughs> yeah. The uh, that was a fun open mat. But it that was, was fun. again a lot of rolling. Yes. So we we rolled Tuesday, we rolled Wednesday, Thursday. And Probably rolled for an hour, 45 minutes straight Friday night, for yeah. sure. That was a long, long time. And then uh, Saturday is just, I mean, we don't go to any of the classes Saturday morning anymore. We typically just go and show up for open mat at noon. But this Saturday we had... I'm really busy on Saturdays. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm still trying to make it out to West Bend as much as I can. Really? But that hasn't happened. I, I want to, yes. Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, I, we haven't had any <laughs> opportunity for me to get out there. <clears throat> oh yeah, last Saturday we were at the camp. That's why we didn't go to class. Mm-hmm. We just did a super class. And the Saturday before that, we were working Fuji. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, we had sweeps. Denise and Ephraim come and join us, and mm, yes, they are basically our sister school at this point. They yep. think they're our affiliate. We yes. can help them out with anything that they need and stuff like that. But they are from Watoma, so that is three hours away. So it was mm-hmm. really cool that they did the drive out here, and they're a uh, Fantastic brown and purple belt. Mm-hmm. So they're also almost made me bite my tongue off. <laughs> no, it's my fault. I shouldn't put my tongue between my teeth. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah, it was uh, always fun rolls with them. Yeah, Ephraim is a tough competitor. <clears throat> He's a brown belt and head instructor of sweeps. Mm-hmm. And him and I just had some amazing rolls. And I had some really awesome rolls with everybody Saturday. Um, I really enjoyed. enjoyed enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Had some good rolls, too. I was just so tired. Like, today I'm excited that we're not rolling, honestly. <laughs> I'm ready for a day break. I want to roll. <clears throat> I was going to ask you if you want to roll after this. Absolutely not. Dang it. I don't. <laughs> but I yeah. try. Yeah, you know, so. every... If you never ask, you'll never get an answer. Right. You miss every shot you don't take. That's what I was looking for. Okay. That's the quote I was. Language Michael Scott. Anyway, so we had a fantastic seminar and camp experience. So I hope that if you have never joined a seminar or a camp or anything and this kind of like opened your eyes on it or you want to expand your horizon on it, like you should definitely sign up for one. If you're in this area, you should definitely come to the Fire and Water Camp in February. Because yes. it is fantastic. You don't have to do the cold exposure. I don't do it. I don't plan on doing it. So I'm wearing but... this rash guard, <clears throat> which is from what's it Morning called? Star. Morning Star. And this is one of the guest instructors coming from Morning Star to the Fire Water Camp in February. Do you February. think Morning Star means anything to them? They're from Denver, Colorado. Right. Well, I was <laughs> going to say that. Jeez. <laughs> she never lets me get through my stuff. <laughs> My coffee has not worked as good as her coffee, obviously, this week morning. We went and visited Denver, Colorado in October of 2020. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Over a year ago. Yeah, October 2020. And we went to Morningstar and we got to meet Tim, who was the head instructor there. Yes. And he was a fantastic instructor. He actually taught something that I use quite frequently at this point. I taught it on Friday night Mm -hmm. to, yeah. But he's going to be one of the instructors there. So yes. that's super cool because Josh Janice and Megan have also 
trained at Morningstar when they visited Colorado. So yeah. it's kind of like the place for us to go. I think they know each other from Neutral Ground somehow or something like that. Really? Or he used to be a Milwaukee guy. I think something. Josh is the one who told us to go there. Yeah, he did. He was. Okay. Right. Because we were debating on what gym to go to and Josh said, mm-hmm. go to Morningstar. But yeah, so Tim is going to be one of the instructors. He's Josh uh, has also taught a seminar there before. Oh, really? Like 18 seminar. That's cool. It's really hard to train in Colorado. Yeah, with the higher <laughs> elevation. I was dying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, our Colorado trip, we didn't do podcasts at that point in time, but we were supposed to go to compete in Colorado because we wanted to make it vacation and competition. Yeah, but then but, COVID happened, yeah. and so competitions got canceled, but we still went. And we had a non-refundable like, hotel and yeah. stuff, so we were like, well, might as well go. And that was a really fun trip, actually. We didn't even start our podcast yet at that point, but... Wish we did. It, it was, was... It was amazing. It was a very fun trip. We One of my favorite moments of my life was in Colorado, on the mountain in the hot springs. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was very cool. Anyways. But anyway, so Tim is going to be the instructor there. Him and Josh are the only two announced so far. But yep, there as will it be gets a third closer, special it'll, instructor. Get, yeah. it'll get more. So it'll be awesome. Uh, you should sign up if you are interested because spots are very limited. So it will sell out. Yeah, and it's a good price. It's only 200 bucks for like two days of straight jujitsu seminar. Yep. And you get lunch included, and there's always like nightly activities. Like they'll probably yes. rent out another place to go hang out for the night as a group. And yes, we are, we will have lots of activities. It's gonna be fun. Yes. Yep. But I think <clears throat> I mean, do you have anything else to expand on? Um, really good for this this episode. Go to seminars. <laughs> Gordon Ryan's coming to Milwaukee. Yeah. That sold out in like an hour. It sold out in less than a day. But yeah. Gordon Ryan is coming to Milwaukee doing um. Two seminars Dave in a day, it. he told me. Dave bought the two sessions. Yeah, I'm going to um, <clears throat> sneak into Dave's backpack <laughs> and then just listen for the sessions. No, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. And then we got Christmas this week, and then we got some competitions yeah. coming up. So we'll be starting to train for those. We're debating if we're which ones we're going to do and if I'm going to do one. I'm debating on doing February. At this point, I feel like I could, but... Put in the comments if you think Brittany should compete or not. I said I would do two at every belt. So this could be number one of two for blue. Could be, yeah. But we'll see. My thumb has been sprained and not doing well for the last couple weeks. So I haven't been able to train the way that I would like to. I mean, I'm still training a lot, but I have to really tuck my hand. And I've had my hand wrapped every single time that I'm rolling. Mm -hmm. And I can't use it for grips and anything. So it's been rough and obviously competition heightens all of that so gripping for collars and takedowns and everything i just feel like i would actually break it instead of spraining it so we'll see i was going to take the next couple weeks to see how it heals and if it does heal then i'll probably sign up if it doesn't maybe i'll wait till april and maybe do plans yeah because i know in february we're thinking about a couple competitions there's some local ones here but in april i think i'm dead set on going to compete IBJJF at pants purple belt see what happens Sounds like we're going to be in Orlando in April. So if you're going to go to PANS or you just want to come and support, let us know in the comments and maybe we'll see you there. Yeah, it'll be a good time regardless. So. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. We thanks should so much. be back next week. I think our schedule is finally calming down a little bit. So It's only Christmas next week. so It's Saturday, though. We can record <laughs> on Sunday. Just kidding. So, all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hope you have a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this. Bye.